0: Listener production. In the words of Momo bar founder Damien Dalala, his establishment is hula meets Himalayas, combining Hawaiian poke bowls and Nepalese dumplings into one dining experience. Inspired by Nepalese dumplings called Momos, Damien went from a pop-up shop in Manly to selling 80,000 servings of avocado in his first year of business, to now having two locations around Sydney. So let's meet Damien and find out how he brings his customers more than a menu. Damien, welcome. Thank you, Gary. So how
1: did Momo Bar start? Where did it all come from? With my uh, partner, we um, lived in Nepal for a year and we had visited there many times And I started to eat a lot of dumplings. Um, I think I had 50 in one sitting once. (laughs) How many? Say that again. And then I had 50 in one sitting at one point. Yeah. Um, And it's part of the the culture. And yeah, I loved them so much that I um, found the local barista who had a pop up shop. And we did a pop up shop inside his pop up shop and just tried them on. And it, took off really quickly, yeah.
0: So you've got two two shops, one in Manly, one in DY, and I've looked at your Instagram. You've got some delicious dishes on there. What's the Momo dish that you sell most of? Because obviously people go crazy for concepts like this, right? You've got Instagram influencers and people go going crazy, maybe going for 15 or 50 dumplings. What's it, What are the best sellers? Um, chicken, dumplings,
1: and pork are the main sellers. But, yeah, we sell up to 15000 a week at peak yeah, across those two. And they're all hand-rolled as well. Every single one, yep. So, what are the essentials that go with the perfect momo? A sauce. There's a, a, a sauce called archer, which is um, a tomato, chili, and sesame seed paste. That's the the fundamental. But we've sort of brought together, you know, the concept of the Nepalese dumpling, the momo, with a more of a Australian sort of um, flavour, with um, having a sauce and a broth that goes with it. So we came up with a thing called Manly Style. Ah, so now we're getting into it because now I'm getting hungry. Tell us about Manly Style. Yeah, so it comes with a like a gluten-free chicken or vegetable broth. Manly Style comes with paprika butter, <sighs> garlic yogurt Ooh, as well. So
0: not traditional at all. That's kind of – I suppose what that's doing is it's appealing to the sense mm. of, you know, Australians love kind of a bit of chilli heat. They love creamy textures too mm. and the dumpling skins and filling. So tell us why the, why the Hawaiian poke bowl and then – Mm. dumplings because it
1: really, do they belong together? Absolutely not and that's where we got told not to do it at the at the time. Who told um, you not to do it? Our local restaurant owners or powers that be who, you know, knew better than what we did <laughs> um, at the time apparently. Um, but, yeah, we had the pop-up shop just dumplings by themselves and we partnered with um, a local hairdresser who had the location after that. The opportunity there was he wanted to do a salad bar as well so – it was approaching opening time of the restaurant. We hadn't had a, didn't have a salad recipe, but we knew we were going to do something. At the last minute, almost a week before opening, we discovered poke bowls and realised that there was a huge demand for them. And yeah, we loved it as well. And then we prototyped it and got it to market. And we happened to be the first in um, Northern Beaches. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, and we've got a customer app. Oh, tell us about the app. Yeah, so um, that's been very very successful this year. It comes with a, a loyalty enables customers to pre-order and it goes straight through to the kitchen. So now 60% of our orders are all straight through from someone's phone straight through to the docker printer. So enables our staff to focus more on food and enables our customers to get points for those purchases and then they can redeem those. So it's going really well. And and a great way mm. to, to build your database of locals, right?
0: So, yep. you know, you're seeing the same people, I presume, coming in and yep. ordering momos and poke bowls all the time. Completely, yeah. We've got a very strong loyal – following um, on Northern Beaches. I was just trying to think, I mean, you know, in my experience as a restaurateur, I've got particular customers in my mind and, you know, customers from, I mean, I'm talking like 20 years ago that are just, I don't know, etched into my brain, you know. There's one guy, for example, John, used to come, an older guy used to come in every single day for a coffee and a muffin, even though we had a fine dining, you know, one-hat restaurant, and people would say, yeah, but John only comes in for a coffee and a muffin. i go, do you know how much money Mm. that guy spends across a year? And he would come in for like marquee dates, you know, like, you know, Christmas Day and we'd sit them on a, on a table with other people, love customers like that. Do you have a customer or a customer or two that you can relate in the same way? Do you have people that come in regularly that you go, love John or love, you know,
1: Sally, you know, one of our best customers and,
0: and why that would be?
1: Yeah, our, our staff always um, talk about customers like that where they become, you know, they see them every day. They actually become friends in some cases as well um, socially. So I've seen a lot of that especially a bit in Northern Beaches where, you know, it is a bit insular, peninsula, they say. But, um yeah, it, you see a lot of that for sure.
0: Yeah, and positive word of mouth when you say something mm-hmm. like insular, peninsula. I mean, if you live in Manly, you work in Manly, gee, it's is, it is exactly that. Your, your kids are, are at nippers, you know, you're going for a coffee, et cetera. Yep. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> how important is, is great customer service? Because if it goes wrong, the word spreads equally,
1: doesn't it? If things yeah. aren't going well, people go. Oh, that's right.
0: Uh, don't go there. It's that,
1: it's that old <laughs> analogy where you know the, the negative message will you know you'll tell everyone about. It, but um, you know it's about reinforcing that positive one, and then trying to. I always try and um, compliment people when I get a good service, and make sure that 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 doesn't go un, unnoticed. Yeah. And that go, same applies with you know how you manage just deal with your staff as well. Yeah. And actually, most relationships, to be honest. <laughs> yeah.
0: How did, how did you find last year in particular with with COVID and, you know, things changed dramatically. How did you find, you know, the community support, for example? Pretty good in terms of, um,
1: yeah, our customers supporting us uh, as well. But we actually were quite digitally enabled, so we were able to adapt very quickly. We are open the next day as per usual from the 18th of March, that was, about 11 p.m. it got announced. We're open at 11 a.m. the next morning as per usual with a few workflow changes and a a bit of heightened awareness on um, food safety, obviously. Um, But, yeah, we actually had our best business performance on record that year.
0: I also hear on the grapevine that you do a lot for your staff in terms of how you set them up for their futures. I'm curious
1: about that. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, it's an interesting thing that emerged last year particularly. Um, We actually didn't lose any staff last year. Hours were reduced um, based on the, you know, pure demand. Um, But what we did, we started to redeploy them onto different things that we needed. So processes, social media, accounting, bookkeeping, copywriting, all these things. So it started to tap into what they were studying, um, but also started to help me further systematise things and document everything, maybe ready to scale things, you know, hopefully one day soon maybe. this sort of evolved from there. Um, but this year it's really doubled down. Right now we have a data science graduate working as the operations general manager who's actually helping me with data science, right? We've got a marketing graduate who's just graduated from marketing who's doing working in the shop as well as running social media, digital advertising, working with an agency. We've got a doctorate of finance, <laughs> like the finance manager across the four businesses we have that are related. And finally, we've got a, um, an IT master's helping with systems and process and digital transformation. It's really quite powerful and ultimately I can sort of see we could then incubate that and get more and then those um, – current staff can then help me with helping other people in, in the industry potentially. Yeah. So we can end up with a, like an army of, of graduates <laughs> coming through Momo Bar as a prototype or a research lab of, di- of digital and analytics in the hospitality industry and then, you know, keep moving people through and helping other people. Yeah. That's sort of where you could take it. I think that's
0: absolutely wonderful. It just shows you that it's a community within a community. They often say that about, mm. you know, restaurants and restaurant staff that, yeah, the person that might be, you know, dropping your plate at the table or making dumplings behind the counter actually happens to be that kind of, you know, graduate is an architect or a, you know, architect in the making or a finance, you know, manager in the making. So the fact that you've yeah. kind of, you know, spread your fingers into that and you've mm. used your, you know, your, I suppose, restaurant community, your bar yeah. community to yep. expand your business is fabulous and create opportunity too. What are your hopes for the future? Other than having, you know, 50 Momo Bars with, you know, your dumpling makers slash head of finance and project management happening.
1: What do you reckon? What's happening? Um, I think Momo Bar, like as a concept, could go broader. I think it, it's a model that could be repeated quite readily, especially with the digital element to it. But I think for me, it's more about using what we've learned and helping other people helping other restaurants, helping other people who have lived and breathed what it feels like to run a small business and it's not easy and, you know, you hear the time poor or margin hungry and everything that goes with it and a lot of people haven't gone well in the last couple of years. So I'd like to help other people, helping digitise their business or looking at ways to improve it or surviving in some cases. Hmm. Yeah, and
0: that's fabulous. And actually when you think about it, most of those businesses start off, you know, like you did, you know, with one idea in mind or a passion for a particular thing, in your case, momos and poke bowls. But we often kick off thinking everything's going to be wonderful. But in the end, there's a, a business that needs feeding You know, behind it, all of those machinations that need to be looked after. So a great idea going forward. I wish you every success. Um, I'm looking forward to coming out to Sydney so I can uh, order a bunch of mobos, I don't think 50, but in broth with the Acha sauce, is that right?
1: Uh, Yeah, acha sauce, paprika, butter and garlic yoghurt. Sounds
0: Mm. absolutely delicious. Damien, thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast. Thanks, Gary. Listener.